church, good morning. If you have your Bible with you, you want to turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. That's what you just heard some of our church families read for us today. I hope that you're doing well this Sunday morning. The Lord has given us another beautiful day to worship Him together. Um, we're continuing our series talking about inside out and upside down. And I want to let you know, God, in His inspiration of Scripture, does so in a way that is meaningful, that is purposeful in the midst of its revelation. And so in chap Matthew chapter 4, we got the example of Jesus Christ turning the enemy's plan upside down on His own head as we saw the character of Christ revealed in boasting in the Lord alone and not in Himself. And, and even in that moment, we got to see whom we were following. We wanted to know the name of our Savior. And then we looked last week and we talked about happy are the following, that we are blessed, that we are most filled and content when Christ is in deep in our soul being worshipped and followed, when his, our lives are exhibiting that grace in action and we're standing firm on his reputation and on his kingdom that's built upon him. And in this recording in Matthew, it goes a little bit further now, and it, it talks about what you and I were remade for. If we're going to follow Christ, this is our purpose as Christ followers. And, and I want to let you know right off the bat that we were remade for an impact. We were remade to make an impact on this world. We've been reborn, renewed, and, and, and right now, as much as any other time, the word impact means something. Uh, we were talking about just this the other day. There's not been a time or an, a season in modern history where the world has shut down like it shut down in response to this virus. Uh, it, it's it's for, for real. It's not something that we have toyed with, and the world has responded in that. And in this this one virus that has no purpose, no plan, it has no identity. This, this virus has caused the world to cease. It's caused medical uh, issues and physical issues. It's caused economic woes and worries. It's caused emotional and relational um, distractions and destructions. The impact has been pretty mightily. In fact, I would say that it has been so impressive that it either draws out fear or aggression. I, I see both of those things coming out and together. I mean, never before have we been made afraid for our child to give our parent a hug. Never in our life have we had something cause such dramatic fear that anxiety is rising. Calls the emergency help hotline, the national hotline, are up 900% over a year ago. Never has such a virus caused economies to cease and livelihoods to be threatened. The impact isn't surface level. It's multiple layers, and we, we see it drawing us into fear and to others responding to that fear in anger and aggression and pride. And, and as I look through the responses, as I look through the impact that this virus has had, I want to let you know the Lord, He can work through anything. He is sovereign above all things. But something that has no purpose, that is not remade, has had such an impact. And the impact in many ways has caused this spirit of fear to be owned as if it's supposed to reside with us. Have you felt that in your own life? Have you, have you felt as if fear and anxiety 
were protective norms that belong in your body in the middle of all of this? Have you, have you, have you been angry at the fact that that's bounced up in your life? That's, that's the impact. That's, you now understand, maybe as much as any point in time in your life, what the word impact means on your soul. Well, here's what you and I will talk about today, is in this time, in this moment, in this season, you and I were remade through Christ Jesus for a greater impact than this virus has caused. In fact, we were remade to have an impact on the world during this crisis, during this pandemic, so that the name of Christ can invade it. And it can be remade for the Lord. And, and I, I don't want to take any of that lightly. In, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, we get a glimpse of what we should do when crisis and anxiety and fear rest on our shoulders and drape on our forms like a warm jacket. The Bible says this, yes. If you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Listen, before we take a step further, if you right now are getting your cup full of, of the news and, and the demographics and the information about this virus, and you are making all of your decisions based on how you interpret that, the Bible says you will struggle. But instead, listen, be a good steward. Understand what's going on, but seek your wisdom from the Lord. Seek your, your, the voice of the Lord like silver. Cry out for the Lord and trust Him to give you understanding. Because the world is so confusing into what means what and, and what doesn't. We've got so many sources of information that all seem tainted with someone's best intent. The, don't throw out information, but bring it and make it captive before the Lord and cry out to Him for understanding. And allow the voice of the Lord to make an impact on you. And through you, you make an impact on the world around you. This is what we're called for. That's how my calling to ministry began. One of the most powerful things in my life has been mission trips. In fact, this, this year, not being able to go on a mission of some sort is, is really a difficult, it's a grieving point for me and my family. You see, because growing up with Christy over 30 years ago, we grew went on mission trips together. One of our favorite mission trips that we would go on to every summer was called World Changers. And we would go and we would fix houses or we would paint churches or we would plant gardens with, with church groups from all over the country. And then at night we would come together and we would worship together. And I still have highlights in my Bible from what some of the, the speakers said and how it impacted me in that time. And I thought in those moments every year, Lord, I don't want to ever lose this. Because in those times, in those weeks, I felt like the Lord was using me to change the world. And in that idea, I thought, Lord, I want you to use me from this day forward. I want you to change the world. And if I can be your vessel, I'm in. Church, this is the calling, not of a pastor. This is the calling of every believer that Christ has remade you to change the world, not to succumb to fear, not to drope yourself in anxiety and depression and concern. 
all of those things exist in the world, but God has left us in the world for a purpose. And that's where we find ourselves in verse 13. Look with me in verse 13 of chapter 5. This is what the Bible says. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under its feet. Go on to verse 14 with me. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You see, the first thing the Bible says is right there in verse 13 and verse 15. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You see, very clearly, you and I were called to make an impact on the world around us. You don't need to make an impact on eternity. I think, I think we get confused sometimes in how to navigate our life as if we are here to impress the Lord. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt like you are here to hold things together? Saul did that when, when he was waiting on Samuel the priest. And when Samuel didn't show up, he tried to hold things together himself. The Bible is filled with judges who tried to hold things together themselves. It, it's story after story of people chasing righteousness on their own. But what Scripture tells us very clearly here is that you and I are the salt of the world. We are the light of the world. The Lord doesn't need you to impact eternity. He doesn't need you to improve yourself, change yourself, update yourself to make an impression on Him. He doesn't need you to do 500 good things, give 47 uh, gifts to the, to the uh, food pantry. He, he doesn't need you to impress Him as if every day you're making an imprint on the kingdom of God. Listen, the kingdom of God is perfect. In fact, it's the joy of that perfect unity with the Lord that stirs us, that drives us. The Lord is our motivator and our source. He is not the object of our impression. The world is. The world needs the salt and the light that comes from heaven. The world needs Jesus to make an impression on it. The world needs hope where there's hopelessness. The world needs steadfastness when there is fear. The world needs courage when there's distance. The world needs redemption where there's fallenness. Eternity with Christ, all those things are already there. His kingdom doesn't need that. But what the Lord says is you are called to make an impact into the world. So when the world seems heavy, when the world seems overbearing, when everyone seems to be turning against you, when you can feel the things rising up inside of you, your mission is even more clear and more certain. You can see the need of the salt and the light in the world. And how does it make an impression? How, how do we make an impression on the world? Well, we know we're made to make an impression on the world and therefore glorify the name of the Lord. We're called to glorify Him. You see, that's the impression that's made upon it. Look in your Bible. It says in verse 16, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. You see, we are avenues. We are advocates. We are vessels 
for the Lord's glory to be shown through. We are not the source of the salt, and we are not the source of the light. In the midst of everything, you and I are simply the vessel for God. If you, if you could imagine how much stress that takes off. Here's the, here's the funny thing. We, we believe that it's people's talents and skills that make them essential. And don't get me wrong. They're the essential workers. Those who are on the front lines are killing it. Those who are, are making the small things work, you're killing it. But, but it's not what you and I have to bring that makes us essential. It's not what you and I are able to produce. What makes us important is that we know the Lord God Almighty who has impacted our life can impact the world around us, the relationships around us. I'm walking in, in the park and doing my, my runs every day. Let me tell you, people don't want to look at you in the eye right now. As you get along, there's this, there's this impact that's being made. And I'll tell you, I'll be running by and I'll just say, good morning, God bless you. Some people are thinking, man, why are you talking to me? And others, you see their eyes brighten up. You and I were made to give glory to the Father, which means you don't have to bring anything to the table but His name. You don't have to bring anything to the table that He hasn't given you to bring. He has called you to clothe yourself in righteousness, in a right relationship with Him. He's called you to draw near to His Word, to Him through His Word. He's called you to hide His Word in your heart. He's called you to take every thought captive before Him. All over and over, he's saying, it's not what you bring, but it's what you carry from me. That's how we make an impact on the world, not to make our name great. Praise God, not to keep our name out of the mud. We are called to make an impact on the world through glorifying the name of God. And we can bear witness. We can bear witness through our testimony. Omar shared it earlier. We can bear witness through our actions. We want people to see our good works and know it's all about Jesus. If you and I are living for the applause of those around us, you will find it where you seek it. But there is no impression, eternal, remade purpose in that. We live for the audience of one. And when people give him glory because the way you and I are avenues for his power and his name, then we have been good and faithful in that moment. And so how are we remade to impact the world and glorify the name? Well, the Lord gives us two examples here. He gives us the example of salt and he gives us the example of light. Look in your Bible with me back at verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its taste... How shall, it be, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. See, salt does something pretty clearly in every situation. It brings life. That's, that's what salt does. It brings life wherever it goes. In the midst of that, in the midst of this season, we can see that, right? The, the Bible gives us a picture of, of salt. It was so important. What does salt do? Well, if you put salt and pack meat in salt, it preserves it. In fact, it keeps decay from making its way through. 
It wards off death. It preserves life. It, it also adds flavor. Now, I, I don't know if you've found yourself in this position, but, but we, in the midst of this, we aren't super ketchup eaters, but we eat salsa like it's going out of style. And so Christy makes our salsa weekly. We're going through a gallon of salsa right now. Every time she's blending it up, she puts it in a bowl. The first thing she says is this. Would someone come taste it and see if it needs more what? Salt. We, we always want to know because salt draws out that flavor. And so in that, we see the two pieces of what Christ brings to us, to what Christ is calling to make an impression through. One, we have the gospel. Through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through our testimony, through our life, we can show people we have a Lord who preserves life that is dead. We have the Lord who stays off decay, who wards it off so that life can be where death is. And secondly, we have a God of joy, happier the following. I don't know where along the way we started to believe that following Christ, that living for the Lord was this burden of depression. But the joy of the Lord, the salt of the Lord brings life. Believers should be the life of every party, so to speak. Not because of who we are drawing attention to ourselves, but because our joy testifies to the Lord. And so in these two things, through Christ, we bring salt to the earth. Now here's the, here's the catch. In verse 13 it says, but if salt loses its taste, how can it be made salty again? What's interesting is, in your Bible, in my Bible, where it says loses its taste, it's one Greek word, and Paul uses it multiple times. Listen to how it's used in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. He says this, Claiming to be wise, they became fools. You see, the word fools in Romans 1 is the same word loses its taste here in Matthew. You see, what God is saying is this to his people. If you and I are trying to make an impact on the world, if you and I are trying to make an impression on the world, and we are not packing ourselves in the salt of the Lord, if you and I are trying to make an impression on the world, even for the name of Jesus, but we are not doing it wrapped in Him, cared for by Him, snuggled up in His Word, and living a life that reflects His Word's impression on us, then we are acting foolishly. In other words, it's a foolish game to claim to live for Jesus under your own power. It's as worthless as salt that has no flavor. Have you ever felt like your testimony, your witness, or your attempts to impress God were falling short? You weren't making an impression on, on anyone around you, and probably not on the Lord either. Would you look back on that moment for just a moment? Would you take a second, and would you see, were you trying to act for the Lord without being in consultation with Him, without being obedient to His Word? Maybe you've been trying to redefine his word to make you more acceptable to yourself so you can get it out there. Maybe you've been trying to, to put yourself into his word so that you can alter it to be palatable for those around you. In those moments, what the Bible says is that's foolish. You might think you're tricky. You might think you're wise, but it's foolish 
as foolish as putting salt on your plate that has no flavor. You were remade for more than that. So wrap yourself up in the word. And in every moment, in every situation God puts you in, you bring the flavor of the Lord to that situation. But the second thing he says is, you are light. And light does something very specific as well. Light reveals the truth. Isn't that funny? Doesn't light tend to expose things? It reveals the truth of what we're going through or what we're engaged in. The Bible says this, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill, it can't be hidden. It, it can't be hidden. It, it brings the truth. You know what the light is? The light is an indiscriminate thing, isn't it? Regardless of how wealthy you are, regardless of how poor you are, regardless of where you've been, where you've grown up, what your home looks like, what, what language you speak, the light doesn't discriminate. It comes in where it comes in, and it exposes things. It shows things for, for what they really are. You see, the gospel of God doesn't need your anger paired with it to be powerful. Okay, some of you need to hear that again. The gospel of Christ does not need your anger to be paired with it to be powerful. That's like putting it under a basket and thinking that it makes it better. The light of Christ living in you, wrapped and draped in you, is strong enough to reveal the truth everywhere it needs to go. And in fact, in that situation, this city on a hill that God has made, you and I, is to bring this revelation of truth so that they can have life. There are people that are worried and afraid and scared and don't know what to cling to. They're hoping that someone figures this thing out. What the gospel says is, there's someone who's already got it figured out. Let me show you the truth of fear and courage. And let me bring you the flavor of the Lord in the gospel. Church, the Lord doesn't need our help. He needs our obedience. And that's how we make an impression. And, and I know that's countercultural to what we think. Because here's the problem. We think we have to do, 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 feel, 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 think, 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 work, work, work in order to please, please, please. What the Lord says is, you let me think, 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 work, 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 feel, 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 and you just follow after me. It's like getting caught up in the current of what the Lord is doing. You don't need to make your own way. You don't need to, to, to traverse this path on your own. You're the light of the world. If you're remade in Christ Jesus, if you have a relationship, you are already the light of God in this place. So clothe yourself in Him so that He can bring a revelation of truth to a world desperately in need, to a, a people in a church desperately in need of him because you know something if if you right now stand here if you right now sit here remade renewed in christ jesus then someone who is wrapped in the light of the lord tasting like the salt of christ made an impression on you that reflected his glory and it changed your life. 
Now Christ is calling you to do the same at your home where fear and anxiety are trying to rule your home, make an impression for him. The Bible tells us this. Jesus has already gone before us. Verse 17, don't think I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've not come to abolish them. Jesus didn't come to take a shortcut. Jesus didn't come to say, I'm going to sidestep the hard things. No one else has been able to fulfill the law. No one else has been able to fulfill the prophets. So, so I will. You see, he brought joy where only failure had been. He brought life where only darkness had reigned. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not a dot, not an iota will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, if you try to sidestep this, if you try to relax one of the least of the commandments or teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever teaches and does them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What Jesus says is, you don't try to figure out another way to make an impact. I've made the impact. No need to sidestep them. You just walk in my impression. You just follow hard after me. You see, we follow a Savior and a Lord who has already done, who's already done what he's calling us to do. We follow a God who already has proven that he has the power to overcome death and the grave. We serve a Savior who has already died and overcome. Omar said there's another in the fire. He's already been there. Look at the impression he has made. He has brought life where death ruled in your life. He has brought hope where hopelessness reigned. He brings certainty where fear is established. He has changed the impossible. So don't try. Oh, church, listen. There's a challenge at the end of this. The Bible says in verse 20, For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This would have been the most unbelievable statement. These guys, they were doing it the, the most right out of anybody. If they don't get in, nobody gets in. And Jesus is saying they don't get in. You see, because their inside didn't match their outside. They weren't, they weren't saturated in light. So it wasn't the power of God working through them. It was the power of man pretending to be the power of God. And that's, that's why it failed. Think of what the, the Pharisees brought with them. They brought fear. They brought concern. They didn't bring life. When Christ brought life, it offended those who peddled in fear. And don't be wrong. Many fell away after seeing the light because they were afraid and they loved their darkness. They loved their failures. They loved not letting the light in enough to think that another way was okay. Regretfully, the Bible tells us that if that is the path we choose, the kingdom of heaven will not be our landing place. It won't be our home. But Christ died so that you could live for more. So that you could be remade to make an impact. So 
that you could be the flavor where there is desperation, where you could be the hope where there is none because of what he's wrapped you in. So this morning, let me challenge you. How are you living? Are you living a foolish life, a, a tasteless life? Right now, submit that to the Lord. Are you, are you seeing the, the fruit of the salt of the Lord that's being shaken off of you onto the lives around you? Be encouraged and rejoice about that. Let it, let it spur you on to do more. Whether you struggle with the light of God and being obedient to Him, or whether you're a sold-out, bought-in, Lord, see what's inside of me and lead me to the way everlasting. Whatever it is, the challenge is this. When you live, when you turn off this computer, when you walk outside, when you go on your walk, when you go to the grocery store, will you be obedient to the Lord and bring His salt and light with you? Because the world desperately needs Him. And He has remade you. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. We thank you for today. My God, we know in this moment, in this time, it is a jumbled up mess of personal information, everyone's individual take and opinion, and the facts seem hard to find. God, we praise you for that. Because we know in the midst of that confusion, it's a reminder that our strength comes from you. That when we lay everything we have before your feet, that your wisdom discerns it for us. That your hope overcomes fear and stewardship comes in its place. Lord Jesus, the enemy has not stopped the light. He's just thrown things in his path to illuminate. So Lord, would you reveal what is true and what is not? If there's any person watching today that does not have a relationship with you right now, would you let your light invade them? Lord, would you let them know your good works of your son, Jesus? So overwhelming power. You let them confess their sin and embrace your light today. Lord, would you put your hand upon your church and bless them? Lord, would you keep them in your arms? Let us have your spirit rest upon us. We love you, Jesus, in your name.